So today, <clears throat> make the most of this stool, and I was hoping for a screen up here, which means I have to turn over. But today, my subject is the odd commandment. We'll get to that in just a bit. But first of all, curious, uh, I love pickled beets. I love them. They are my favorite vegetable. I'm curious, who, who here would also make that statement? Oh, I see a couple. Great. All right. There's more hands that I was expecting. And I, was, I, was think, I knew that John Bird loves pickled beets along with me. Okay. It's kind of a love-hate thing. Uh, in fact, I know that my wife loves me because she buys them and she opens the cans and smells what she does not like. And she serves them to me. Another, fat, another way that I know that my wife loves me, because she buys them. But I love pickled beets. Now, see, I'm probably going to get more hands on this one. How many of you love lint chocolate? I have a little bit more hands. Several years ago, um, our daughter-in-law brought these up for Christmas, introduced us to them, and ever since then, I've gone, oh, my goodness. Put that thing in my mouth, and whether you suck on it and don't or chew it or whether you chew it and just allow that chocolate to permeate your mouth but i love linder chocolates oh they're good had two of them yesterday uh, my stomach's able to, to deal with that now and i can handle two i love my family now you know there's there's my wife and i love her and you know i made a decision now a few weeks ago, we had the, um, the wisdom panel, and you said, what did you say about love? You have to choose to love. That love is decision. And I can tell you that when I made an absolute decision to love Ladine, now, was that a mechanical decision on my part? Was it, well, I think I'm going to love her. No, there was some excitement inside me. I enjoyed being with her. Okay, I enjoyed being next to her, touching her, just listening to her. I love her, and she loves me. Now, let me ask you, I love chocolate. Is it the same thing? No. We use the word love in a variety of different ways. Okay? Variety of different ways. Now, when you... When you look and I say, well, I love my kids. My son and daughter, the ones that are right next to us. I love Jeremy. I love Amberly. And there's a, there's a natural part of love that comes up in me. But I don't love them in the same way that I love my wife. It's different. Okay? I also love my daughter-in-law and son-in-law. But it's different. And so when we say we love someone or we love something, we need to make sure that we understand that that word is used in a lot of different ways. I love to go hiking. Glenn, we need to go hiking more. Um, why do I love it? I love going out there. It, it's enjoyable to me. I enjoy the, the energy that's spent during this. I love the scenery, but I love this. But it, part of it is what it does for me, okay? And the same way with my family. Now, part of that, I'm going to love them whether they reciprocate it or not, okay? If I go hiking and I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to love it anymore. 
Okay? What else we got here? I love what I do. I have, you know, I have a business. I, I go and I put blinds up, draperies, and I love doing it. It's enjoyable to me, and it reciprocates back. It takes care of the finances for our home. But that's different than the chocolate, and that's different than my wife, and that's different than my kids, okay? It's all a little bit different. What else? Ah, I have a grandchild on the way, okay? I already love this child. Never met it, never seen it. This is the closest I've gotten to it. But there's a natural part of me that's designed that I love this child. I love the church. I love being here. I love doing, um, I love the people. I love being ministering in here. But again, is it the same as my wife? Is it the same as hiking? You understand, I want to differentiate that how we use the word love is different. Let's see, what else have I got here? I love to sing praises to God. I love singing. And, uh, I love because I love the Lord. I want to sing praises to him. I enjoy doing it. God's given me an ability to do that, and I love doing it. Again, it, it does something inside me. I benefit from it, and it's just a good thing. So what is love? Is it a feeling? Yes? No? What do you think? It can be. There we go. So it is a feeling, but it's a matter of which love you have. Is it an appreciation for someone or something and what he, she, or it does for you? This, this comes under the chocolate. Okay. It also does it within your family. I mean, I, when I look at, at Ladine and say, I love you many times, I'm saying, I appreciate what you do. Okay, I appreciate your character. I appreciate what you do back for me. So love is a mixture of those things. Is a decision? And the answer is many times. <laughs> it is a decision that we make when it comes to a, a, a person. And sometimes when, uh, you know, years ago, my in-laws go back 40 over 40 years, my in-laws were the youth group leaders for junior high. Just, just picture my Richard and Roberta running junior high. But I remember they, there was always these kids having these interpersonal relationships and all the drama. And they came up with a statement that I've always remembered, that puppy love is very real to puppies. Okay. And that's what they were feeling. But, you know, when you have this junior high kid that's looking at this girl, oh, I like her. He's not making a decision that says, I'm committed to, to her betterment for the rest of her life. Okay? That was a decision I made with Ladine. It's also a decision I made with our kids. That's not the decision they're making at junior high level. Again, different types of love, so make sure we always define what kind of love we're talking about. But in a relationship that we have with each other, it should be a decision at whatever level that is. Is it a natural outflow of our nature? And there's a certain part of it. What I, the love that I have for that grandchild coming is a natural outflow, okay? God's put that in us, and we have this natural saying, I'm going to pursue 
the best for that child. Have that for my own kids in addition. So many, there's this overlap of these different types of love. Is it a reflection of the nature of God coming through us? And the answer is yes. God is love. And when he made us, he made us for that purpose. And so any love that we have is a reflection of him. And even though there's a lot of evil in the world, and we understand that our hearts are inherently evil, that's his influence. So what love there is in the world is a reflection of him. And we need to make sure that we are always choosing to pursue that and to allow that to come through us. So I was hoping to have the screen up here, by the way. I wasn't turning around. Agape love. Now, as you look in the New Testament, agape love is the dominant word that's used for love. Now, as I understand that in the Greek language, there's like nine words that could be interpreted for love. The most common ones that we hear about in, in, in the Christian world, there's agape love, there's, which is the one that says, I am dedicated to the betterment of the other person. There is phileo love, which is that bond that, you know, like two brothers have. There's, kind of, there's this natural connection. And then there's the, um, eros, which is the, the sensual love, which we're not going to touch today. We're just not going to deal with that. But agape love is the goodwill, benevolence, and willful delight in another person. Willful, that's part of the decision that we're looking at here. And <clears throat> this was started by God. So just here in John 4, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So <clears throat> there was this, you know, when God created the heavens and the earth, and he created Adam and Eve, he had a relationship with him. He was walking. The idea is that he was coming down and having these walks with him. Can you imagine walking in the garden with the creator of the universe? I mean, that, that had to be a tremendous thing. That, of course, they had it. They also lost it. But that was, that was huge. It was huge. But here, God is love. And this is what he was instilling within Adam and Eve, even though they pushed it aside. But still, that was where it was. Originally, it was one-sided. Adam and Eve did not automatically have love. That was instilled with them from God. God put that into them. It was, it's, and from us, you know, God has sent that love to us. It's a one-sided deal. We're Bible's pretty clear, we have evil in us. We're going to reject it unless he comes in and changes us. So it's a one-sided deal to start off with. But then it becomes reciprocal. We learn from that love and we reciprocate it back. Now, in the same way, within the family is that we love another person and we hope we get it back. We hope that it's reciprocal. We want it to be reciprocal, and within a family relationship, that builds in that way. And so, love is a decision. We hope it's reciprocal because that's what completes it. So, uh, God's decision to take ac action for our benefit, um, of course, it was a great cost to himself. But here's kind of my definition. 
For us, love is a decision by an emotional being to prioritize the betterment of another. Love is not devoid of emotion. It's not just a decision. It's more to it than that because it's made by a person who has emotions, who has feelings, who has desires. It's made that way. So today, my discussion is what I call the odd commandment. It feels odd to me because here it is. There, uh, Mark, by the way, um, this command was, was listed both in Mark, Matthew, and Luke, which are what we call the synaptic gospels. Three of those three gospels are pretty parallel in their stories and what they have within them. And I have this, this um, you know, this, I guess it was a young man came to Jesus and said, hey, what's, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself, for there is no commandment greater than these. Now, just a little side note. What's the golden rule? Yeah, I'm going to call it the silver rule. Okay? The first rule, the one that has the gold, one that should be on top, according to this, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. That second one should be the silver rule. Just a little note, a little, you know, little thing that I have on it. Um, and this is a quote from Deuteronomy where it says, you should love the Lord your God with your heart and all your soul and all your might. And the, is, is, the people of Israel knew that this was the primary commandment. But here's what has kind of bothered me or just made what seems odd to me. I never went to my son and said, Jeremy, love your dad. I never went to my daughter and said the same thing. Now, I told them, clean your room, get along with each other, do what your mom says, do the chores. I gave them a number of other commandments, okay? I told them, you know, when you drive the car, drive on the right side of the road and under the speed limit, okay? I gave them a number of commands because I love them and I wanted them to understand things. But I never once told them, hey, kids, love me. So do you understand why this seems like an odd commandment to me? And so that's kind of why I thought, you know, I, I just need to deal with this in my own head, my own heart, and that's what you're getting today is, what is, why did God give that commandment in that way? Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he does who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. A lot of times they say, well, if, if you love God, you'll, you'll know it by if you keep his commandments. And yes, that's true. And understand, I do not want to take away from the commandment part of what God has said. But there's another part that says, if you're smart, you will follow the commandments because God made the commandments and gave it to us for our betterment. God loves us. When he first established his relationship with Adam and Eve before they made that horrible decision to disobey, he was in a love relationship with them. That's how they were designed. Folks, that's how we are designed. 
So when God says, by the way, love me, that's what we were designed to do. That's what we were designed to be. That's the best thing for us. And I said, I don't want to take away from the power of the command. But if we take it as a be smart, this is the best thing for your life. We'll have a better grasp, I think, of what that is. What commands? Well, you know, I went through Gospels and just taking ones from Jesus, he said, well, repent, love each other, be reconciled to each other, seek God's kingdom, respect others, be a servant, pray, go and make disciples, let your light shine, honor your parents. The list would keep on going and it can keep on going after that. And then there are more commands, if we're talking about commandments where to keep, if you understand that the Holy Spirit gave directives um, through Paul and Peter and John and James, and those are all in the New Testament, so we take all those, add those in, and we have quite a list of commandments to keep, all right? There's a whole bunch of things that we should be following, and those, understand, are designed for our betterment. If we look at a list of, oh, gee, another thing I have to do, then we lose part of it. We lose part of the fact that God's love for us is so great, he's gone, this is the best thing for you. The best thing to do is to repent. The best thing to do is to go and, and follow these servants, to be a servant. That's what you were designed to be. And that's how we love God. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but going into years ago, a guy by the name of Gary Chapman came up with what I call the love languages. And also, I guess, uh, Gary Smalley developed kind of the same concept it had these five different areas that within relationships, it was his observation that people, um, do, people do, and that there are those who, to show their love in a relationship, they, have, they give words of affirmation, they do quality time, they do acts of service, gifts, and touch. So that's the five areas that he came up with. It was interesting as I was kind of reading through, because I've never really studied the books, but just reading through them a little bit is that it goes both directions. There's also people who, that's what they need in their love relationship. Now, not going to develop this, not going to make this parallel over to Scripture, but the, my point here is we're people, and we think, and we're wired differently. Okay? Some of us need those words of affirmation. Some of us needs the gifts, or anyway, or maybe that's how we, do, how we express our love, we're simply made differently, and that's my point here. Spiritual love languages. First thing is in obeying. If we're in, <clears throat> if we're in the mode that says, I am just not going to pursue obeying God, then we're out of the picture. Okay, We have to have that attitude that says, I want to obey God. I want to pursue Him. So we want to go through, as we go through Scripture, let's pay attention to what God has to say and say, how does that apply to me? And if we have made the decision, made the decision to love God. Now, I think a lot of people in their relationship with God have come up and said, you know what? Um, I confess my sin. He saved me. He, I'm, I, I'm, I'm now saved. I don't have to, you know, and, they're, they're going through this part of, 
hey, there's this emotional, hey, God, I appreciate the fact that I'm not going to be punished anymore, and I feel these good things, woohoo! And they never get to the part where they say, you know what? I need to learn to love God. I need to say my life is dedicated to pursue what he wants. And really, that's the best thing for myself. Now, you don't want to do it for that purpose. But so my question is, do you love God? Are you pursuing the things that he wants? I, you know, no one can say they do it 100%. I certainly can't. But are we pursuing that? Is that the focus that we have? I, I can't say that 100% of the time I'm in 100% uh, dedicated love to Ladine. Every once in a while, I do stuff on my own, and I'm selfish. But I am pursuing that, and that grows. And that's what we want to have within our relationship with God. God made us differently. I believe that the spiritual gifts, and here's my parallel with what Chapman had to say. He gave us different areas to pursue and to express our love to him. He gave every person who's a believer a spiritual gift. I have a pretty good idea of what mine is. And uh, also within the, when you go into the, all the various teachings on the gifts, so I'm going to have something that's a little bit different than what you find in most of the books. Uh, I came to an observation when I was in, in Bible college that as you go through the various, the three passages that list some of the gifts, you have the one in Romans, you have the one in 1 Corinthians, you have some in Ephesians. First of all, none of them ever state this is all the gifts. Okay? The writers, Paul, Paul, and Paul, <laughs> the writer, he's going through and he's going, by the way, here's some gifts. Here's some various areas of ministry that God has given. And I don't see that he, they're never the same. The three lists are different. So to me, it's going, here's some examples of different ways that God has gifted people to accomplish what he wants done within the world. And there's a variety of them. Serving, worship. So I have added, just so you know, I've added to the list in here. And there, to me, the list could just keep on going. Teaching, mercy, music. Ah, hospitality got split there. Uh, giving, sharing wisdom, healing, leading, discipling, connecting people. Prayer, encouraging, correcting, displaying faith, evangelism, youth ministry. You can take any one of these, and if God has gifted you to do this, that's going to be part of your love language. Now, a lot of people don't even try to figure out what has God done. They're so focused on themselves and then and they go, what do you mean what God wants? Open ourselves up. Now, within every one of these, understand, serving. All of us should be serving. Some of us are gifted to serve better, okay? Uh, each one of these things, everyone should show mercy, okay? But some have the ability to show it so much better. 
all of us should be giving. Some are gifted to give a little better, whether it be to, to ministries or to individuals. But we should all be giving to ministries and individuals, okay? We should all be discipling in one way or another. It's also, it came to me about teaching. Uh, you know, I, I've seen people that are just gifted teaching. I remember um, years ago, I was a Sunday school superintendent here, and I walked in one time uh, just to visit a class, and I watched Joy Whitten teach, and my jaw went, Ugh, oh my goodness, she was so good at teaching second graders. I was floored at how good she was. God had gifted her so well. So we used her. I said, can other people come in and, and just observe and just kind of rub off on them, okay? Others who were teaching, um, you know, they need to learn on that. Another thing in reference to teaching, just a, a little side note, you're, you're teaching constantly. You teach your kids every day. You teach the people around you. I remember years ago there was, a, and I'm not pushing the issue of tobacco right now, but there was this one guy, and, and he was smoking, and I said, oh, I see you're teaching your kids to smoke. And he goes, no, I'm not. I said, yes, you are. You're smoking. You're telling them it's an, it's an acceptable habit. You're teaching them to smoke. I wasn't trying to push it, but he said, just make sure you know that you're doing that. If, you, if a man is yelling at his wife, he's teaching his kids to yell at their spouses, okay? Because he's doing it. Now, if he comes back. Now, my father was not a teacher. My, uh, my dad loved the Lord, and he served the Lord in many different ways. If you said, if you ever asked, say, hey, Mr. Stubbs, would you please take this section of scripture and go and, and teach a class, he would be an utter failure at it. But he taught us. When it came to the issue of, of alcohol, my, my dad, um, when he was young, he watched his uncle Chase's father around the house with a butcher knife because he was drunk. And so my dad had a very definite um, feeling about alcohol. And he taught us at home, he never once said, hey kids, don't drink. But he showed us every drunken town. <laughs> every time we drive around town, and, he, and he, he worked downtown and he knew, he goes, oh, by the way, that guy over there, he's an alcoholic. This is what he does. And he shared that with us. He was teaching us. Did he have the gift of teaching? No. But we're constantly teaching. But we want to take these areas that God has gifted us, whatever they may be, and say, I am going to pursue them with all my heart. There's, um, you know, I've been in, in Toastmasters, and uh, if you don't know what Toastmasters is, it's an organization that helps people develop their speaking skills. And, skills. and I've been to an evaluator uh, sometimes with people who had speeches, and I would say, uh, one of the things we would develop, say, let it out. Just go for it. Drop your inhibitions and just be real um, emotive in your speaking. Just let it go. And see, the same thing we need to do with whatever love we have for God. Is that whatever ministry God has for us, let it out with any inhibitions. Allow the power of the Spirit 
to come through. Hebrews 12 says, let us run with the endurance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. He was talking about he had his race, he had his thing before God. He goes, let us all run and go for it. And to me, that's how we express our love for God, is that we take the areas that he's designed us to, to show that love. Some, and, many, and most of those are how we share love with other people within the church. And he goes, do it and do it without abandon. Just go for it. And that's how we express our love. And that's how we follow that commandment that says, love the Lord with your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And with all your might. So my question is, do you love God? So as I ask this, I go, do you love him like a chocolate bar? Okay? And if, you, and if that's your answer, understand, I'm not saying that's wrong. Appreciate what God has done. Appreciate the things that he has done for you and enjoy them. But you're falling short if that's, all, if that's all your love for God is, you need to keep on going and say, this is how I was made. I'm designed for that. And then keep on going and say, I choose to pursue what God wants. That's my love for him. How did God design you to express it? I don't know. I don't know you well enough right, individually. But if you don't know, start asking him to help you understand that. Observation I made is that um, there's a variety of ministries that people have that may not even know they're gifted. Over the years, um, when you're talking about what my giftedness is, uh, if you try to put it in all the words that are only in Scripture, um, it, it doesn't quite make it. But what I've determined that God's gifted me is connections. My, my heart goes to those people who need connections with other people and with the church, and so I search those people out. That's what God's gifted me to do. Um, most of that has been within the senior ministry. God's changing that ministry for me right now, but that's where it's been. And, but let me tell you, I didn't necessarily say, oh, gee, that's what I want to do. God trained me. He put me under a man that we went out and did calling and did those kind of things. And then it just became a part of it. But I was trained for it. Okay, that was part of what happened. But it's a matter is that I was open to doing it. I've been open to other ministries, and they didn't work out. Okay? Because I wasn't gifted in those. But I learned that. So what I'm saying is that, you know, Look and say, God, where can you put me? And if it's not in an area that you feel comfortable with, so what? Go for it. And if, it's, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. But find out where God gifted you. Because sometimes you'll find those areas that I don't feel comfortable there. But he's going, try it out. Let's get you in there and go for it. And then to make sure that you give that love all the energy it deserves. I would say within any relationship, you know, you might make a decision to love that other person, but you've got to put the energy into it too. Hopefully, you know, the love that I have for Ladine, I put energy into it. She puts energy into it back to me. And so it grows. 
God's put the energy in. He's sent his son. He's sent his spirit. He's many times just waiting for us to respond and say, are you going to do it? And I say, go for it. So my question is, do you love God? Has that, has that decision or even the thought of that that's a decision that you need to make to truly love God? Has that really been a part of you? And if not, then pursue that. And make sure that you make a decision that says, let's allow God, let's allow that energy to come through to love God with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our strength. Let's pray. Lord God, you've blessed us and we appreciate it. You have poured out your love to us because you made a decision to, and Lord, we haven't always reciprocated back well. But God, I just ask that you would help us to learn how to love you, how to pursue you, how to enjoy you, and how to, to minister, Lord, in the ways that you would have us do that. And we thank you in Jesus' name.